Hey everyone, this is Anthony Grant, and I want to introduce you all to this podcast. It's called Superstar PR, and it's all about entertainment insider chats with Nikki, the founder of the PR agency, Nikki Inc. This podcast chats with some serious entertainers and media insiders, always choosing people who are making a difference in the entertainment world and who have cool stories to share. Happy listening. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Superstar PR. I'm your host, Nikki Papayuanu, and today's guest is a producer, songwriter, and very talented artist. You can watch her performances as a musical contestant on NBC's new TV show, Songland, where producers search for the next hit songwriter. You can also stream her new song, Do You Think of Me?, which I really can't stop listening to. I encourage you all to download it right after this interview. You may recognize her song, Do Your Thing, from Apple's 2018 iPhone X international ad campaign. Very cool. And some of her upcoming projects include hosting a mini art masterclass and releasing a four-song EP at the end of July. And guys, it brings me so much joy to welcome this powerhouse Remy. Cool. Hi. So exciting. Your career is killing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm listening to that. I'm like, damn, 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 damn. You know, I want to just let our audience know, because suddenly I feel like I know you guys because I watched the episode twice, but before you signed your first record deal, it was something really tragic happened to you. And you can talk to our audience about that and give a little bit of light because a lot of artists I find get to where they are through some periods of pain, right? These things really help shape us. And I would love to know if you could talk to our audience about how you overcame what happened and how it's your purpose for creating art. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So in um, the summer of 2017, it was um, July 26, my 19 year old brother was um, randomly murdered by someone that he picked up to give a ride. He was on his way to visit me in Nashville. I had just signed my first record deal in um, like March of that year. So a few months prior Um, I was really pumped. There was a lot of buzz. There was a lot of traction. um, And this happened. And as you can imagine, pretty much incapacitated me from doing any work. I mean, I couldn't like shower myself for the first couple of weeks. It was all such a blur, you know. There were many times in there that I was like, I think I might just be done with this, you know, because as as you know, you know, you run a company, it's 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 a 24-7 thing. It's an emotional investment, it's spiritual, it's everything when you're in the throes of grief, um, specifically that kind of grief that is, I mean, all grief is existential, but, you know, losing someone um, suddenly and then also violently and then also, you know, just arbitrarily, just there was no, no, no point to it. You know, it becomes a much different beast, I think. (laughs) So yeah, there were, there was a lot of time in there that I couldn't even think about my career. And also part of, you know, being in entertainment is that you can only let so much time go by being inactive before you really just have to rebuild it all up again, which is what happened to me. There were about six months after that, that I didn't work. I couldn't work. Fortunately, I had a nice little padding, um, you know, in my business account and stuff that I was able to um, be okay, but I I couldn't work. And it was um, in December of that year that I got word that um, Do Your Thing was um, being considered seriously considered for the new Apple campaign for the iPhone. So yeah, that was kind of what put me in this mindset of like, okay, maybe there's there's something left here, even though I've been gone for so long, maybe there's something left. But the Apple commercial was like, of course, an accomplishment, but it was, a, it was a much more than that to me. You know, it was kind of like what got me out of bed, <laughs> metaphorically. Totally. It was kind of like 
um, the universe nudging you and saying, come back. Yeah. Like there's still stuff here for you. There's still good things here for you for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like what that did to me personally, I mean, I'm sure, you know, here you can imagine I continued to write through that time and it was a therapeutic thing. It was songs, um, you know, a couple of which I plan on sharing in the future that have some universality to them. Um, but a lot of the stuff I was writing during that time was just for me. Music for me during that time became very therapeutic and kind of like coping um, to the max, which is really great to have had that outlet. And as I said earlier, you know, for me, this this loss was more than just like my brother being gone. It was also like any sense of justice, any, um, you know, the way that I see the world, I very much like to have a purpose with everything I'm doing. I'm just on a mission all the time. And that just kind of knocked my legs out from under me. And I think it's been cool because it really brought has brought this like purity back into what I do, you know, um, things for me, you know, up until my brother's death, I had signed the record deal and I was really excited, but I was seeing it all from like a commercial perspective. You know, it was all about strategically what makes sense, what should I write, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, after he died, it kind of became a more pure approach for me because I was like, I just have to make things. Uh, there's no silver lining to losing someone in that way. But the, the turn of phrase that I like to use is talking about like flowers growing out from someone's grave, like flowers growing out from like the dirt. And I, I think about that in terms of his death. It, um, there have been some beautiful things grow from it. And my approach to writing and my freedom, my liberation, the liberation I've experienced in writing and being myself, my life is so much more free now. One of the uh, unexpected gifts in that experience. Flowers growing out of dirt is a beautiful perspective that I am 100% in agreement with because the, when, when an artist gets to a point of pure writing and when you feel free like that, I think it's coming out in your music. What led you to be a contestant on Songland? And like working with Ryan Tedder, I love watching you guys work together. Yeah, he's, Ryan's crazy. His, um, his brain moves so fast. It's just like rapid fire ideas. Before we, uh, <laughs> before um, I went in to shoot that part or whatever, you know, we were, we have, obviously that was like a film session. Before I went in, one of the producers pulled me aside and was like, listen, they were like, Ryan's like pretty powerful. Like he's an intense guy. He has a lot to say. So like, just don't be afraid to like interject and interrupt and like say things. And I was like, and I, as soon as I got in there and felt the energy, I was like, oh, I totally get it. You know, he's just, you know, a very powerful presence. Um, I mean, you can look at his career, like you probably have to be that kind of person to um, accomplish all of that. How I got on the show, um, I got an email in the middle of January from one of the, one of the people in casting. And he was like, hey, um, I work for casting for this company. I have actually been listening to your music for a few years and I'm a fan. And um, there's this one song in particular, I have a song called Numb, that he was like, if you have any other songs that are similar to this, I think it'd be really great for this show that I'm working on right now. Would you be interested in it? Um, if so, I can send you the application and everything. And I think you would, you know, you know, like whatever. So I was just like, I looked it up. I looked at the show. I mean, I saw it was NBC. And so I was immediately like, okay, this is like going to be millions of people. This is crazy. And then I saw, you know, Shane and Esther and Ryan on it. And it's like this executive production, the team, production team from The Voice. I was like, oh, this is like crazy. This is legit. So yeah, I did all that. And then I had a couple of phone interviews after the application process and submitted a couple of different songs. Um, Flickering actually was not the original song that I submitted, but um, because of some the original song I submitted uh, had just gotten placed for a, um, a TV uh, sync. And so I couldn't use it um, for the show. So yeah, we ended up going with Flickering. They liked that one. Um, 
and yeah, they actually, this was after the phone, second phone interview, they were like, awesome. Well, you know, we're still making final choices and stuff and we'll be in touch. And I was like, okay, great. And so I guess, it, I mean, it must've been a couple of weeks. I hadn't heard anything. And I was just like, I don't know. We'll see. And they called me on a Friday and they were like, Hey, we want you to do this uh, show, but we need you here in two days. Can you come out? It'll be like a two week filming thing. And I was just like, Oh my God, it's my 30th birthday. Was that where is that? Like, where do you, where do you station yourself? And where was that? Yeah. So at the time I was living in Nashville, Tennessee and the shooting was in um, LA. So, um, so yeah, I'm, and I, I live in Phoenix now. I actually just moved here. It's been a month actually, just crazy. It was crazy though. Cause I, well, oh, and what I was saying is, um, my 30th birthday was at the end of February was like going to be during the first week of shooting. And so I was like, man, I was like, you know, so that was kind of a bummer to like not be around any, um, any of my family and, and stuff for, um, my birthday, but I was like, I got to do this. Wow. And I guess like when, when you guys in that segment, I don't know when you found out about the choir behind the song and you guys renamed your song. But when I heard the choir, I was like, Oh my God. You know, what's funny is that I I feel like just from looking at comments and like messages I've gotten from people, like, I feel like half of people love the choir and half of people hate it. (laughs) Isn't that funny? It's a very, I guess, you know, that's when it's like a good idea when it's a big idea is because it's polarizing. It's divisive. With music coming out in July, give us kind of a tidbit of what that sounds like. Um, yeah, so it's so we're shooting for for late July. It might be like early August because we um, and by we I mean so I I'm non-monogamous. So I have two partners, and um, so both of them, and then my younger sister are basically like we're kind of just serving as like we're, I'm releasing this independently, and we're like all doing all the work for it. So we had a creative meeting yesterday. And we started really digging into like um, visuals, like the visual art for it. And I love visuals. Like I love it just as much as making the music. And so we started having all these ideas and we're like, we just need to push this back two weeks so we can like do this right. So I'm super excited about it. So um, it's probably, it's gonna, it's looking like it's going to be, um, I think really August 9th as a release date for it. So yeah, there's going to be a really heavy visual component to it. And um, it's a four song EP. It is going to be tracing a kind of like a death to rebirth kind of process. So, um, so, you know, like initially one of the songs, the first song on it is a song that I wrote. It was like the first session that I had after my brother died. And I wrote it with two of my favorite collaborators in Nashville. The song's called Lighter. And it's like basically about like, there's a line in it that says, I make jokes and I smoke weed. I have fun to make some meaning out of it. And that's what like the song is about. It's just trying to like, make some meaning, but there's kind of this darkness to it. And then there's kind of a progression through the record of like, just basically songs that I've written along the journey of rebuilding like hope and optimism and just caring about things again. And like, even beyond that to finding like wonder and joy and excitement. Um, So it's really cool. I think it's a big concept for sure to pack into you know, a four song record, but I think it'll mean a lot of different things to diff to, to different people, you know, whether it's going through a breakup or a death or, you know, a life transition or a divorce or whatever. Um, it's just about that process and just the nitty gritty, just the spiritual journey of like figuring out what to do when your life falls apart. Do you have any regrets and are there any things looking back that maybe you said no to that you should have said yes to? I feel like for me, um, one of my biggest regrets is um or what things I wish I would have done differently is I wish that I had been able to trust my own intuition very early on that's something that I had to build throughout my 20s um was being able to trust that I know what I want and that what I want is good 
and that it makes sense and there is purpose and value to it. Um, I think about how different my life would be if I had, that had been instilled in me as a kid, you know, and I didn't have to teach myself that. Um, that I just would have been able to go, you know, as soon as I had autonomy in the world, I just would have gone creatively for like everything, you know, but I had to, I had to free myself from a lot of the, that self-criticism and interesting. It's a mindset. Well, you know what? Um, there's this whole, one of my aunts always says, Nikki, once you change your mind, that's when you change your life. Oh, you're giving me some good tidbits here. Cause mom life, I want to tell my son now you can just be free. What do you really want to say? Say what you want to say. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I think it's, you know, I was brought up in um, a particular faith that one of the underpinnings of it is that people are inherently bad or people are inherently will make poor choices for themselves. Their people are selfish. They'll hurt others. Their people aren't good. And that's something that I, that really guided my life until I realized that I needed to unlearn that. And I think that's been the biggest thing because when you think that you're bad freedom and liberation of yourself is a bad thing because bad things are going to happen if you actually free yourself and do what you want to do. But if you trust that your desires are good, then liberation just makes it all better. It's like you're putting gasoline on it. Amazing. All these cool things have happened to you, but now how do you idealize what comes next and what you would love to happen? Well, for me, I always want to continue to create Um, because I enjoy it. And because I think that when people create things that it makes the world more enjoyable for everybody else. And another thing that I want to do as an arm of that, and what I'm continuing to do is to just empower and nurture creativity in my peers and people younger than me, people older than me. Like I just want for anyone who comes in contact with me to feel empowered to express themselves like I said, you know, wanting to do this, um, this, this class in production and art and things in my hometown. That's an example of it. I just moved to Phoenix and this is a really cool city because, um, it's huge. Uh, I think it's the fifth largest metropolitan area in the United States. Um, there's a lot of bands here, a lot of weird music, like whatever. And I really want to no strings attached. like just be able to help people kind of get like, you don't just have to like be a band that plays around town. Like you can do this for a living if you want. Very cool. And do you have any solid career advice maybe that you've been given by a mentor that you want to share with somebody listening who might also be a musician who's aspiring to do what you've done? Yeah. Well, specifically in my twenties, when I was starting to produce music, um, it was a very male dominated uh, space. For whatever reason, I had the impression that I didn't know what I was doing. And that there was a lot of information that I didn't have access to or that I couldn't wrap my mind around. And that no matter what I did for a very long time, that I wasn't going to be able to get my songs to where they needed to be, quote unquote. I wasn't going to be able to get them right because I just didn't know what needed to be done. I didn't have the intuition or the sense. And someone told me, I don't remember who it was, just said very plain and simple, there's no right way to produce music. And I think that is something that I keep in mind and I think about every day when I'm working on anything, that there is not a right way. The only question is, do you like how it sounds? Does it move you? Does it make you feel something? And if the answer is yes, that's all that matters. And as you progress and learn more, you'll have more tools in your belt, you know, different kinds of pens and utensils and brushes to like make different sounds. But whatever skills you have right now is enough to express yourself. And don't let that get in the way of you starting. 
No, it's funny. There's no right way to make music. And on one of our other podcast interviews, a guest of ours, her name is Georgia. She's a chief at a newspaper outlet said, no one gave me a roadmap for this. And I trust that I could figure it out. Yeah. And I think that's really good advice for someone who's just starting out in their career because it just kind of cancels the, I don't belong here feeling. Yes. Because we all belong anywhere we want to be as long as we cancel that and just go. And on top of that, specifically with music, and I think this is true in lots of mediums, on top of that, what you're saying, the people who don't know what they're doing are the people who create sounds. They change the trajectory of where things go because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to recreate exactly what's on the radio. So they do their own version of it and it's a whole new thing. So I think there's actually an advantage to not knowing what you're doing. Ah, I love it. This has been an amazing interview. And I hope that our listeners right now want to download all of your songs. My new baby, she loves them. She <laughs> loves falling asleep to your music. And I really love the gospel choir, but now I'm going to go listen to all of your songs again. Where do you enjoy spending most of your time? Is it Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, website? I use um, probably Instagram the most right now. Um, I use Twitter also for more kind of like mental ideas. Instagram, I post a lot of stuff from my studio, things that I'm working on. I like to ask people's feedback and their opinion and what they like and don't like. Um, I really like to interact with people on my Instagram stories. And then of course, Instagram is where I like to keep people up to date, what's coming out and what I'm doing and stuff like that. Um, So my handles for all of that is Remy, R-E-M-M-I underscore I-R-L, like in real life. Ah, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, I was like high one night and thought that was a brilliant idea. So it's just stayed. (laughs) You know what? We've legalized weed in Canada. So I feel like you'd love it here. Um, Listen, it's on my list. Are you in Vancouver? No, Toronto. (laughs) Toronto. Okay, Toronto's on my list. Yeah, I got to make it happen, dude. I've heard that it's so sick. Very cool. And do you have a website? Um, yes, it's just basically a landing page though. So we'll make sure that everybody checks you out on Instagram because that's where I saw you also do kind of a live Q and A with your fans. I thought that was amazing. I do that a lot. Yeah. You're a rock star. Thank you so much for joining us today on PR. And really we want to talk to you again when your new music comes out. I love that. Keep shining. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Superstar PR. New episodes are available every other Friday. And you know, we would love your feedback. So please rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And be sure to subscribe to Superstar PR on your favorite streaming service and visit www.nikkiinc.ca to sign up for podcast alerts and notifications. Thank you so much for listening.